Starcourt Study Hall contains spoilers for all seasons of Stranger Things. Episodes may also contain graphic content and language not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts unless otherwise stated, and all content and characters are property of Netflix and the Duffer Brothers. I'm Marina. And I'm Amanda. And this is Starcourt Study Hall. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are here to do something that I think you all are really going to like a lot, hopefully. 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 I think we like this. <laughs> I, th- I think. I mean, our Stancy episode is our most listened, right? We are at like 200 and something listens on that episode. Yeah. So. Which is wild. The people like couple episodes. They do. So with that being said, today we are going to isolate Mike and Elle for our couple series. And this episode, named by Amanda, thank you, is <laughs> Blank Makes You Crazy, <laughs> all about Malevin. Yay! We're going to talk about Malevin today, which is so fun. I think they are particularly relevant in season three. I mean, they're really relevant throughout the whole series, but season three, it feels like a different kind of relevance. They're just like at the foreground yeah. and their relationship is at the foreground. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk all about Malevin and we're going to take you through all four seasons and break this down. And as I say at the start of all of our couple episodes, the goal of this series is to isolate these relationships from the rest of the show. So, obviously, we'll talk about how their relationship is happening amongst all the other stuff that's going on, but we're really just going to hyper fixate on Mike and Elle, okay? So, sit down and get yourself some waffles, because I feel like that's kind of relevant to this. Sure. Right? (laughs) Get some waffles. And as always, we are not here to talk about ships. We're not. Okay. Okay. We're not going to do that. We love all Stranger Things couples equally. Yes. Okay? Kinda. No. Kinda. (laughs) We got yelled at on our Instagram. We did. We got to stop that. (laughs) For talking about Stancy. It was really (laughs) bad. We were were bad. (laughs) But yeah, this episode is obviously named after Mike's sheer inability to use his words. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Blank makes you crazy. Meanwhile, Elle is just blinking at him because she does not understand idioms and common phrases in the world yet. No, she does not. And she has a much more limited vocabulary than him. But she figures out how to say it later. (laughs) Girlfriends? No, not girlfriends. Boyfriends. (laughs) No, not boyfriends. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to, before we really jump into this, I want to make a point to mention that there is a key difference between Malevin and Stancy and Jancy. Yes. And that is their age. They are tinies when their little relationship begins. They are they are 12. So young. They are but 12. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to point that out because Steve and Nancy are in high school, Jonathan and Nancy are in high school and they're really at that phase where you're dating by that point. 
Mike and Elle like haven't quite gotten there yet when they meet. Yeah, right. Like they meet and dating isn't even really on the table because they're so young. They're literally so they're still almost in that like girls, eh, yeah. boys, eh phase. Like right. they don't they don't like each other yet. No touchy cooties. <laughs> but I don't think their youthfulness makes their relationship any less valid, especially considering the time in which these two find each other. Like yeah. I think their relationship is rooted in a lot of intensity. And it was established during, like, a very formative time. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it feels worth mentioning because I feel like young love is, like, shrugged off and poo-pooed. But it really can be powerful. Yeah. Like, I feel like we all kind of remember our first loves. Of course. And some people do find their forever person, their soulmate, at a very young age. It's rare, but it happens. For sure. So you guys can't see this, but I included four beautiful photos of Mike and Elle, and I just wanted to put those there because it sets the tone. Are you enjoying them? Three of them. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't like the one where they're kissing in season three. No. (laughs) Okay, but the one of him putting on her makeup is really cute. It's so cute. He looks so concentrated. He does. All right, let's get into some first impressions. Let's talk about Michael Wheeler. What do you think his middle name is? I think it's Vincent. Oh, interesting. Maybe Adam? Okay. I don't know, I don't why. know why Michael Vincent Wheeler just kind of... Yeah. I Maybe can, it's I it. Michael Ted Wheeler. Yeah. Theodore. <laughs> Michael Theodore Wheeler. Um, some first impressions of Mike. So what we kind of did with this was I was like, Amanda, what was like the first thing that you thought of? Like, what was it about Mike season one episode one in the vanishing of will byers who is mike wheeler and i said uh he's he's like the leader right so yeah we get introduced to mike's family first and i think we definitely get like main character energy from him right away yeah especially because the the show literally like it starts in his basement like you said literally it i think he's the first one to speak in the series yeah probably Right? He's like announcing the, the D&D move mm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, boom, that's your main character. Exactly. And then we don't know it yet upon first watch, but we see Mike and Will share that goodbye before Will gets taken. And Dustin and Lucas don't get that privilege. They don't get that moment. So I think yeah. right away we understand as the audience that Mike is like the main kid. Yeah. Yeah. And he has this like closeness to Will and... Yeah, he, it seems like his friends sort of view him as, like, the, the glue holding everybody together. Sure. He's the heart, right? Yeah, that's what they say. That's what that's what they say. <laughs> that's how the saying goes. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike is also really brave, like, right away. He's the one who makes the initial decision that they need to search for Will. Yeah. He's like, he all systems ago. We got to go find Will. Which is, like... Even more brave when you consider that his mom seemed to be the only one who cared about them being out late after Will went missing. Yeah. And, like, he was like, yeah, don't care. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) See you later, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) I also think season one Mike, not to say that other seasons of Mike aren't this, but he's very kind in season one. We see that with how he treats Elle. Mm -hmm. He shows her empathy. He kind of opens up his home to her with or without the knowledge of his parents right (laughs) but he's just really sweet and kind and he's very gentle with her so i think he's kind i think 
Yeah, and he doesn't need. He doesn't feel that L needs to earn his kindness. Sure, like he just is like that off the bat with her, even when his other two friends are like, "No, she's weird." Yeah, Mike, Mike just feels like sympathy and empathy for her without needing any justification. That's a good point. I like that. And I think um, we can probably all agree that he's a little bit of a, like, he's hard-headed. Mm-hmm. He does give off, like, a know-it-all type of vibe in season one. Like, stubborn, my yeah. way or the highway type of thing. I think his his argument with Lucas shows that. Maybe a little bit of arrogance. Mm-hmm. He's not a saint, okay? He's really nice and he's cute, but he's not a <laughs> saint. Yeah. He's got issues. Like... What's her face? Who has issues? Julia Michaels. Yeah, her. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And then let's talk about Elle. So what were our first impressions of Elle? She's definitely innocent. Mm -hmm. Like when she goes to (laughs) take her clothes off in front of the boys and they're like, whoa, whoa. But for her, that's like, (laughs) she doesn't know. Like she grew up as a test subject exactly to her that's just like she's she's this is just like anatomy and physiology like this right human body to her is just a thing like it has no thing. connotation no zero and also like her complete lack of familiarity with with the world and her limited language these all reinforce the concepts of her just being very innocent and like maybe naive a bit yeah definitely a wee bit just a little and she's definitely scared oh yeah and traumatized yeah but she's really strong and i think we can also kind of put like mistrusting here because we see her not wanting mike to close the door fully when she does go to actually change in the privacy of a bathroom right (laughs) she's like and and it's not even like i feel like you could say she's mistrusting of mike because obviously she doesn't know him and yeah also like just the the trauma of being locked in rooms Mm-hmm. like yeah she's this poor girl's got a lot of trauma yeah she's for sure traumatized because we get a lot of her lab flashbacks in season one and that really yeah. helps establish that she's she's got a lot of trauma yeah and then you said <laughs> which i liked <laughs> you said that Ella's like a baby tiger yeah i think she's like a like a little tiger cub because she can really hurt you she's very powerful but she doesn't really know what to do with that power and i don't Mm -hmm. think that she yet fully even still in season four i feel like still she doesn't really trust herself fully with her powers but especially in season one she doesn't really understand the impact of what she can do i just i think she lacks confidence yeah she's very much like she just doesn't know her own strength in a lot of ways yeah so these are two young kids and they kind of find each other. So let's talk about them as a couple and what our first impressions were about them as a couple. And you had made a good point about how you didn't think that Mike and Elle were going to last. Yeah, I felt like in the beginning that Mike kind of just was it, very much in the way in season three when Steve kind of reveals his quote-unquote feelings for Robin Mm. I almost felt like it was something like that where like they found this closeness through a trauma and then it was like mistaken for romantic love yeah that's kind of how I viewed Mike and Elle in the beginning so I was actually kind of shocked to see like that he was pining for her through season two and then you know in season three we have a full-blown relationship 
So yeah. that, that was actually kind of surprising for me. And I don't think that any of what you just said negates the fact that this was a relationship that was born out of trauma. Oh, yeah. Shared trauma is the foundation of this one, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and I just want to mention, because it, it came up a lot, I was just, like, trying to nail down a little bit of actual research about, like, young love or, like, puppy love and, like, what that is. And I couldn't successfully get much but I did find this concept of transience a lot, which is like you move through something and then it passes. You know, it's not this is not a lasting thing. Okay. And yeah, so I, I think that kind of speaks to your point a little bit like that. This felt like it was going to be a fleeting thing, not necessarily something that withstood. Yes. Yeah. But I do think as a couple and as an audience, like we do root for them. They are cute. Yeah, they're cute. They are, and I think that they're so relatable. Like, I think everyone remembers this feeling. Yes. Of their first big crush or their first love or their first relationship. Babies. I know. They are so cute. And they're awkward. So awkward. They're so awkward. But I think we like to see Mike introduce, like, L to the world, too. Yeah. And he takes her under his wing. And we also see how quickly L like, glues herself to him. Yeah, she trusts him very quickly. Mm-hmm. I almost regret not doing... I mean, we can probably find ways to talk about it just naturally, but I didn't do anything about, like, attachment styles or anything oh. like that. Mm, that and, could be something. Yeah, just just a little. I just... I feel like Mike and Elle, like, what are their attachment styles? How does that play into this at all? I didn't do it, but maybe we can yeah. try to get there. But yeah, Elle latches on to Mike as her security blanket, for sure. Whenever mm-hmm. she's calling somebody, it's it's Mike. Yeah. For four seasons. Mike. 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 <laughs> Times 8,000. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they are also, like, forbidden for, like, a number of reasons. True. They're, like, a forbidden couple. They're, like, Romeo and Julietting. You know, a little bit. And I think that also kind of contributes to that relatability a little bit. Like, sure. I'm sure many of us out there definitely had a significant other that before we were supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's there's that part of it that is kind of relatable. But I think in Mike and Elle's situation, it's not so much that they're not supposed to, but it's so that Eleven is not supposed to exist. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And like right off the bat, it's like she's wanted he's hiding her yeah so it's like they are just like not allowed this is not supposed to be like stop everybody stop yeah pause but they make it work yeah and then something that nick actually mentioned when i asked him about this is just that l's first true companion outside of the lab turned into young love so like mike immediately crushes on her and l is like just trying to be a person for the first time (laughs) it's like right could you give me a little space to just person for a minute? <laughs> I know that's a really good point. Like we don't get to see Elle just like get her footing before she's thrust into like a romantic situation. No, and we're going to talk a lot about that mm, because okay. it's like it's I feel like it, it's important. She's she doesn't get to people. She just is Mike's crush and she reciprocates. Right. And it makes you wonder like is that true reciprocation? Or mm. is that just all I've known? Like, what, what, what is this? What are we doing? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I feel like 
to to really get to the heart of that one of us at least would need a psychology degree but sure we can definitely skim the surface we can we can there's a lot going on there there is a lot and we're gonna we're gonna talk about as much of it as humanly possible okay all right so normally i would do a little like we would do like a little breakdown of the love languages here but i think they are pretty woven throughout the season so i didn't like separate them but feel free to go ahead and look up the love languages if you don't already know what they are and let's get into our malevin trajectory all right all right here we go we are gonna start with season one because i just don't really know where else we would start you know makes sense it does so we see mike and l discover each other in the middle of a literal and figurative storm Mm, in the vanishing of will byers right they like meet in the wake of their two separate traumas but it's also storming Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. raining raining lots of rain and i just want to take a second here to point out l's strength again because she's vulnerable after she escapes the lab but she isn't a weak person yeah in 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 every sense of the word quite literally it takes an incredible amount of strength to do what she did and i do think she is emotionally drained when she stumbles upon the party in the forest yeah and i think mike plays a role in restoring some of that emotional strength for her which is interesting because when you consider that he seems to feel responsible for like her being drained in other ways later Mm -hmm. on it's like does he he just kind of feels responsible for for this yeah part of her and then Mike's trauma, so Elle's trauma, she just escaped an abusive situation, right? She just escaped the lab. Mike's trauma, he literally just lost his best friend. Right. Just went missing. Like yesterday. Like quite literally yesterday. See you later. See you later. <laughs> and I think in season one, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree, I think they kind of use each other, not maliciously. Yeah. Right? To fill these voids. I understand. Don't understand. <laughs> They are voids, though, because, like, as much as Brenner is sh- trash, right? it's still a loss for Elle. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, the only parent figure she's ever known. Right. And the party literally finds Elle looking for Will. So there are voids that have been created here. Yes. Created and filled. Created and filled. And I just feel like this feels like a swap. Yeah. And you mentioned this. Yeah. And I believe in season one when we talked about this episode. It's very swappish. So, it like, is. Mike loses Will and gains L. And this just ha- keeps happening for like four seasons. It's kind of mm-hmm. wild. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We also see Mike immediately show L a kindness in The Weirdo on Maple Street. He gives her clothes. He defends her to Dustin and Lucas, even though he doesn't know her literally at all. Yeah. She doesn't even go here does not even go here she literally in the scene when he when she makes pee pants mcgee pee pants (laughs) that is the perfect opportunity for somebody to have been like she doesn't even go here (laughs) i mean she didn't she was from sweden or something yeah wherever holland (laughs) i don't even know bad place bad place (laughs) (laughs) the other thing that mike does for her in season one is he kind of kind of names her yeah he unnumbers her, even though he uses Eleven as her name. Yeah. But he gives her the nickname of L. Yeah, which is like she, a real person name. It is. She didn't have that. She was just a number. And now she's at least L. Yeah. 
And Mike assigns that to her. He's like, you, I dub you L. Yeah, with his scepter. Yes, he's knighting her. Yeah, exactly. And I just think that we can't really talk about this relationship or L at all without talking about identity. Because I feel like L comes into Hawkins and the world as like a blank slate. She's like, she doesn't have a whole lot going on. Her identity is pretty feeble. Yeah. It's entirely wrapped up in the lab, her abilities, and Papa. She doesn't know anything else. No. It's literally all wrapped up in being a gifted child and, right. you know, other people. Like, just following demands and stuff. Yeah. And a singled out gifted child by this point because everyone True. else has been dead for, like, That's... four years. Yeah. So she's now an only child. And she's never been treated as a human being. And I think for Mike to more or less name her is really to start giving her, like, an identity outside of the lab. So it's, yeah. like, huge. You come out of the lab, and you're just scared, and you have no hair, and then all of a sudden, a nice boy says you're ill. And you're like, okay. And you're like, all right. And then he introduces her to, like, the world. Yeah. He shows her the lazy boy, and the TV, and the photos of his family and friends, and he gives her an ego, and he's just, like, really nurturing. He is. He's a sweetie. I have a question. Yes. Do we think Elle served as a distraction for Mike from Will's disappearance? Oh, yeah. Right? D definitely. I feel like it. Yeah. I mean, I think so, because he spent a lot of time with her in that period. Not that he was going to find anything if he went out looking for Will, but... <laughs> <laughs> and she does kind of facilitate them finding him. That's true. He didn't know it, but he actually really did need to spend time with her in order to he, do that, He did. So. He did. But I just think, again, that's like, is this a stable foundation for a relationship? Like, you're distracting me from the fact that my best friend just went missing. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a stable foundation for any relationship. It doesn't. No. No. And I think that it's important in, I like to call it's Wams. 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 In the Weirdo on Maple Street when Elle, like, points to Will in the photo. Because mm -hmm. this is Mike's first inkling that Elle is, like, special. Yeah right in a way that kind of starts what i think is a little bit of an idealization of her oh yeah big time just just a wee bit again we got a you know, just a little bit yeah we just get this first little nugget which just transforms by it, season four into the superhero honestly, thing yeah it is it's just this tiny this is like the first the first time that mike is like what the fuck's going on who are you <laughs> what is this and then when she flips over the D, D board it's like all right who is this? Yeah. What do we have here? And we've spent a lot of time talking about how focused Mike is on Elle being a superhero. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to keep talking about it. I definitely think this has a longer term impact on their relationship. Yeah. Especially come season four. Now, I did a, I did a count. By Holly Jolly, Mike has introduced Elle to the following concepts. <laughs> <laughs> Privacy. Pretty friend promise and time wow these are these are big concepts this is like kindergarten crash course <laughs> right and that was all mike yeah he did that he introduced he her to the concept of time the concept of time well maybe not the concept of time but yeah. telling time yeah how to tell time he had she had to know time you know to know I, like I, when to be practicing her powers true in the lab yeah papa appointment you know right. <laughs> i have to go move some 
balls around a maze. Yeah. By 10 a.m. pop-up point. At 218. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I just, back to like the concept of a stable foundation, Ellis is thrust into being dependent on Mike simply because he is helping her make sense of the world. Like, what choice does she have here? Yeah. She doesn't. It's her world tutor. Wow. (laughs) World 101 with Mike Wheeler. What what is she going to do? She needs him. She literally does. Thrust into this environment that she has no idea how to navigate. Nope. And then we get like that little like Dustin and Lucas teasing Mike about having a crush on her. already. This is like three chapters in. They've known each other for like less than a day. I know. Mike has like. Yeah. You are mine. And Ella's like, I don't know. I don't know anything. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think Lucas says it best that Mike is happy that there's finally a girl who's not grossed out by him. Oh, there we go. Yep. I mean, if you're going to have any girl not be grossed out by you, though. She's a good one. I'll take L. Yeah. Not that girls are grossed out by me, but that's not the point. <laughs> uh, yeah i'll take l any day any day and then one of my favorite moments between mike and l in season one is in the body when he starts applying makeup Mm -hmm. and they get her all dressed up in nancy's dress and her wig and they do that like very like typical makeover reveal where like the girl walks out in slow motion and all the boys turn around and like wow she's pretty like as if she wasn't pretty i I don't know when when the girl takes off her glasses and she's hot hold on yeah take off your glass oh gross you're so ugly wow Wow. beautiful (laughs) who knew who knew like in the princess diaries when they like straighten anne hathaway's hair and give her contacts and she's like wow a princess yes and for some reason the girls at school make fun of her for looking better for look they're jealous yeah. mandy moore is pissed stupid she cupid is. is pissed oh i want to watch princess diaries now. i know i've been wanting to watch princess diaries for like a couple mm-hmm. of months actually mm-hmm. off topic but anyway <laughs> back to this concept anyway this to me also attaches mike to l discovering femininity mm-hmm. which she was not able to do that there was no gender expression or really any identity expression of any kind in the lab you were all wearing jumpsuits and you had your head shaved there was we were all just little boxes yes you know like on the hillside so i just think that's really like l attaches mike to finding a little bit of femininity yeah it's like a big deal it is. I mean, it's the first time she wears a dress. It's the first time she has hair. Like, yeah. she sees herself as a little girl instead of a test subject. A test subject. A lab rat. Yeah. I feel like the best way that I can put this is it it, it L imprints on Mike. You no. need my baby after no. the last <laughs> No, please. Leave Twilight <laughs> out of this. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Renesme. <laughs> resume <laughs> or resume or real estate Rudy or Baker. Rudy <laughs> Rick roll <laughs> uh, but I don't know does that feel correct like does it feel a little bit like L imprints just a bit yeah like it, it's like this is my person and that's yeah. it 
the end. My person. Until she dumps his ass. Until she dumps his ass. And then we get this scene of Elle stepping in to defend Mike against Troy and James. Like, these two have very quickly established that they are very defensive of one another. You do not touch Mike. You do not touch Elle. You have known each other for, like, 36 hours. (laughs) It is, like, imprinting, though. It's like they... They just saw each other and like knew or something. It's that's what I mean. Yeah, I mean even Mike in season four when he's when he's giving her his spiel, he's like, "My life changed the day that I found you." Yeah. Like, so there's a there's a, this is intense. That's kind of what I meant at the beginning. Like this is intense. They are young, yeah. but this is this is real shit. Yeah, they're like very serious. Very serious, real shit, right? And I think that as a result of all of this nonsense, the party starts to fracture. Yeah. In the yeah, in the flea and the acrobat, Mike literally attacks Lucas for insisting that L, season one's random girl, yes, has poor intentions. God forbid. <laughs> we should say this about Max. God forbid. Lucas is the only one spitting facts in season one. Like, sorry. <laughs> no, it's true. Because he's like, we don't know this girl. <laughs> we we don't know this girl and our best friend just went missing. Right. Like, something's kind of shady here. Granted, yeah. you know, he was being a little silly with denying her powers and stuff sure. like that. But like, other than that, they don't know her. They don't know her. And then Elle throws Lucas into a car by accident. It happens. To break up this fight. And I just feel like, again, there's just a lot of intensity here. Ella has not even been in the picture that long. But her and Mike are very deeply emotionally involved already. And I just really think it goes back to the fact that they are filling voids. Mm -hmm. It's like, I need you right here, right now, all the time. Glue yourself to me because I already have a loss that I'm dealing with. Right. And because Elle disappears after she misuses her powers in that chapter, we get the scene of Mike destroying her sleeping fort in the basement in the monster, which is so similar to Will destroying Castle Byers. Yeah. I don't remember if we mentioned that when we did our monster chapter episode, but it like really did, is similar. It is. And I think this is Mike now coming to terms with the fact that he might have a second loss on his hands. Right. True. He's like, I just lost my friend Will, and now I might lose this this random girl. <laughs> random girl? Who I am in love with. Who I am in love with right now. But I think it speaks to his emotional investment in her. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we, we can't not talk about the fact that he jumps off a cliff at Troy's demands and Elle reappears to save him by freezing him in midair and then pulling him back to safety with her with her mind. She uses her stasis rune. Oh my god, her stasis rune. Brings him back. (laughs) Wow, if you all don't know what the hell we're talking about, (laughs) we're talking about Zelda Breath of the Wild, because the new Zelda comes out this Friday. Yeah. So that's pretty, that's pretty exciting. It is. So yeah, Elle stasises Mike and saves his actual life. Literally. She saves his life. And this is the first time of, of like several to come. I believe that, that right. she somehow saves his life. Now think about what that does in Mike's brain. Yeah. This girl is literally the reason I am alive. And literally. she's a superhero. Yeah. Like yeah. I would be dead if it was not for this 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 random girl. I hate to keep calling Elle this random girl, <laughs> but she just feels like this random girl. <laughs> At the time she was. At the time. Yeah. And in the bathtub, we finally see these two almost kiss. 
right at the start of the chapter when we get Mike reassuring Elle that she's still pretty. Yeah. Without the wig. And Mike's face does this tiniest little, like, <laughs> his, like, nose scrunches for just a second. And it's like he feels a feeling, but he's like, oh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Put that away. <laughs> Put that away. I don't like that. And it just, it's really well acted by Finn. And I just wanted to point it out because he just like makes this little like no scrunch. And it's like when he feels that he has feelings for L. Yeah. And he comes to terms with it. Sort of. He also says that he's happy that she's home. And I feel like that's kind of how L feels about him. Yeah. Right. He's like he's like home. He's the first like comfortable home she's ever known. Yeah. Even though it's in a basement on the floor. Yeah. In a fort. Better than the lab better than the lab with your plant that's not gonna live because there's no windows and then of course in another stunning display of her powers l saves the party again when she flips the the van yeah and i do think that l's adamance at keeping not only mike safe but dustin and lucas in her like as well maybe not in that exact scene but I mm-hmm. think that contributes to Mike attaching himself to her in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Again, I mean, it's a life-saving thing. Like, they would have exactly. died. Exactly. They would have died. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then at the end of the bathtub, I love seeing Elle take off Mike's <laughs> watch before she climbs in. And she just, like, hands it off to him like they've been doing this for, like, decades. Oh, yeah. Right? That's, like, such an old married couple thing to do. Yeah. Like, you're, like you're getting, like, in the pool or the bathtub or whatever. And your husband's standing right there and you hand him your rings. Yeah. Like, right? it's just, she just, she doesn't even look fully behind her to give him the watch. I know. She just, she just knows that he's on her left and she kind of puts the watch back and he's there with his hand already out. So cute. They're on like another wavelength, these two. And then season one kind of culminates in the upside down and we get Mike inviting Elle to be part of his family, but not as a sister. No, no, no. No. nope not that and he invites her to the snowball and she's like what the hell is that and then they kiss because mike literally interrupts himself he can't use his words and they kiss which isn't awful yeah but it is a pattern it is a mike wheeler pattern right like at first it's like oh that's romantic but like seeing his pattern now going back you're like oh okay he just kissed her because he couldn't figure out what to say he couldn't figure out what to say yeah yeah and i'm trying to imagine like how l is feeling about him right now because she's made her first true friend in her life but their relationship has kind of leveled up to like a little budding romance type of thing yeah and i don't really sell her short at all because these feelings do not develop for dustin or lucas but this feels very freudian to me (laughs) (laughs) it just feels freudian like she loses like a father figure and then she kind of latches on to to the next another man who is taking care of her yes right? yeah and like to be fair i can't even say for sure that she's been given the skills to take care of herself at this point right yeah no i i totally see this listen as uh, <laughs> i made this joke via text but as a person <laughs> with my own daddy issues okay <laughs> i i understand the the feeling of like meeting a, a man who is nice to you and you're like I, that is my husband yep <laughs> wow thanks <laughs> you're so nice can we get married <laughs> wow oh my gosh <laughs> did you do something you held the door for me oh my god oh, wow <laughs> the standards yeah 
And I do feel like the scene of Elle waking up in Brenner's arms, but asking for Mike just mm-hmm. kind of, you know. It kind of lends itself to that again, too, because it's it like the, the trope like we talked about with like uh, like Ron waking up and asking for Hermione instead yes. of Lavender. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then we get the emotional scene where Mike is making Elle a slew of promises just before she kills the Demogorgon. And she turns around and she says, goodbye, Mike. She doesn't say goodbye, Lucas. Yeah, right? She doesn't say bye to anyone else. (laughs) She doesn't say goodbye, Dustin. (laughs) Who even are they? She says, goodbye, Mike. And then again, we get this very clear trade-off where Mike loses Elle and gets Will back. True. Yeah. It just keeps happening. (laughs) oh poor mike for he, years he, he lives in like one of those like triangle matrixes like you can oh only my pick God. two sides you will see this just ke- it just it it just keeps going yeah so to wrap up season one i just i want to reiterate again a couple of things so these two are very these two are filling very fresh voids for one another mm-hmm. the f- the freshest of voids and i do think mike helps Elle establish an identity and facilitates her discovery of the world yeah and we get the beginning of his idealization of her a little bit. Yeah. So we're setting, we're laying the base for we're laying the, the groundwork. Yes. So by the start of season two in Mad Max, L has been gone nearly a year, 352 days to be exact. Wow. Yeah. And we are immediately shown the impact that this is having on Mike behavioral issues abound i mean the simple fact even that he has not taken down her blanket fort and is sitting in it using his walkie-talkie to call her for 352 straight days get it together michael vincent wheeler (laughs) (laughs) i love his made-up middle name honestly though like i didn't think about it in that context but like yikes that's bad (laughs) what are you doing on this channel (laughs) like this poor kid like my god like i'm trying to like picture myself as as a parent and like my kid has lost i mean obviously like the wheelers don't know about this but like my kid has lost somebody and they're doing that i'd be like hello like you know (laughs) psychologist please come to my house (laughs) like oh my god yeah is this psychologist yeah hello (laughs) is this you know the one psychologist we have in town apparently it was the lady from hawkins yeah high school it's the only one we have here in hawkins so she's got to come over oh my god yeah god this poor kid it is bad and i know we are talking about children but i do also want to say there is a slow burn that happens with mike and ellen season two it is similar to what we see with jonathan and nancy it's not sexual it's not like sexual tension it's not that at all but we actually get these two slow burns at the same time yeah which is kind of fun like both the wheeler siblings are sort of you know waiting on this thing to happen Mm -hmm. slowly burning yeah they are yeah and it just obviously brings us back to tension so we're back there we're back at the tension at the slow burn and we start off trick-or-treat freak with our flashback of l from the end of season one when we see her leave the upside down through mr gorgon's gate which sounds like a band it does it does mr gorgon's gate right doesn't that kind of sound like like a video game it does like like a really old school video game mr gorgon's gate but i think that this 
this flashback in particular is very important to the Malevin conversation because we come to the realization as viewers that Elle has been in Hawkins for nearly a year and they have been just outside of each other's grasps, right. Mike and Elle. And the, I don't think the DBs needed to show us the full year. They didn't need to do that to establish the tension and the slow burn. Mm-hmm. All they needed to do was show us that they had been within a few miles of each other, but they couldn't reach each other. Yeah. I mean, that that alone is like... Torture. Right. I mean, thank Actual God they didn't torture. know. Actual torture. Oh, my well, God. Well, I mean, Elle knew, but... Elle knew. But imagine that from Elle's perspective, though. She's like, I know where I am. Like, I am I am right here. Right. And I, I can't get to you. And she, Right. And she was, like, technically free to leave, but not really. Like, that's awful. And she had to know that Mike assumed she was dead. Right. And she yeah. has to live with that for 352 days. Can't imagine what that would do to uh, not just a person, a child. Right. I don't know. Like, the guilt that you that must too. feel. Right? Like, not only the, the sadness about the situation in general, but, like, the guilt that you must feel that you're, like, you know that this person is hurting because of you, but it's not really your fault. It's not know. your fault. And yeah. it's just Hopper kind of interfering again with these two, which, you know, yeah. becomes you a, a real thing. We also start to get Mike's resistance to the introduction of Max into the party, which we obviously know is rooted in his frustration surrounding Elle's absence. Yeah. Like, we already talked a lot about how Mike and Lucas do this role swap between seasons one and two, where it's like, your girlfriend can't come in. No, your girlfriend can't come in. And they can't seem to just get a grip about this. Yeah. And I didn't really think of this until writing, but we see Mike escort Elle through her trauma in season one as he loses Will. And then we see him escort Will through his trauma in season two, right after he loses L. So it's like, yeah, right. Is that right? Is anyone going to be there for Mike? <laughs> no, He's all by himself. Also, with with the Max situation, do you think it's because it's another girl that we're accepting hmm. into the party, or do you think it's just like in general? No, no, no. We're we're waiting for this other party member to return. We don't need someone to take her place. Maybe both? Yeah, maybe a little of both. I could see it. I definitely think there is a girl component to yeah. it. But Which, I like, also think you're right. Like, Mike, like, just because she's a girl doesn't mean that she's replacing some other girl. She's just another right. person. Yeah, exactly. But I, I agree. I think, it's, I think it's both. I think there's yeah. a girl piece, but also like a we're waiting on someone. We don't need anybody else. The seat's taken. And it's probably a little bit of like resentment. It's a little bit sure. of resentment towards Lucas, I think, too. That's, like, misdirected because he's mm. like, what? So now we just have to, like, accept your girlfriend into the party? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No questions asked. Like, excuse right. me. My like, girlfriend mine, has actual superpowers. Yeah, mine had superpowers. And we're supposed to just <laughs> accept this girl who, like, skateboards. We don't even know what skateboarding is. We've never seen that. <laughs> We've never even seen a skateboard. <laughs> yeah. That's not impressive. We don't know what that is. <laughs> And then we said this before, but it really does not seem like Mike can have L and Will. Yeah. He can never have them both. In season one, he loses Will and finds L. In season two, he's got Will back, but he's lost L. In season three, his devotion to L ends up hurting his relationship with Will. And then in season four, he can't have either of them because they both moved to California. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like... 
he can't have a good relationship with both of them. Like, sure. Like, sure, they're around, but... Mm-hmm. And I have to wonder, like, I mean, obviously, or not, maybe not obviously, I don't know. I think we'll get more insight on this in season five. Mm-hmm. But Will's feelings for Mike, like, yeah, definitely play into this because I really feel like in season four, a lot of Will's like bitterness is that like he can't get close to Elle because he's in love with Mike, too. That's such a good point. Right. Like, I feel like that has a lot to do with why Mike can never have both of them. Mm hmm. It's definitely a thing. Yeah. It's this whole this whole idea. It's an elephant in the room. It is an elephant. <laughs> that I didn't know existed until season four. <laughs> I cannot, Amanda. <laughs> Genuinely had no clue. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember when I texted Amanda and I was like, you you know, like, Will is in love with Mike, right? I was like, she what? She was like, what do you mean? I'm like, no. What do you mean? What do I mean? <laughs> like, where are you even getting that? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was like after season four had already aired. I think it was after... Th- part one of season four aired. okay so we didn't see the painting yet okay and, and we didn't have his like coming out scene to jonathan okay yet. all right yeah i really <laughs> genuinely did not know <laughs> i was like she just loves him <laughs> like, oh my god i can't i cannot <laughs> i want to i want to point out though that in um trick-or-treat freak we do get that scene of l spying on mike in her mind void yeah and then we get that like little inkling that mike can sense her Mm. and i i like what that does in the polywog because isn't this when she yeah this is when she goes to hawkins middle in the polywog yes Yes. and we we also start to see in the polywog Elle's frustration with hopper keeping her for mike which becomes a big point later but we know it's for everyone's own good but we've also talked a lot about how it is to her detriment yeah can't keep her in a cage nope bad idea and then my second, maybe first, I don't know. The makeup scene is like pretty up there, but this might be this might be my first, my my true favorite Malevin moment when she risks her life to find Mike, disobeying all of Hopper's rules in pursuit of him. And when they're in Hawkins Middle and they're both traversing the hallways, always going in opposite mm-hmm. directions. Yes, and it's so like symbolic. I think it is. It really is. The party is searching for Dart and Elle is searching for Mike and it is just so well done. And they're again, they're just outside of each other's grasps. And I think the tension building is chef's kiss. <laughs> it really so good. is. It is. Cause yeah. you're like, Oh my God, he's going to see her. He's got to see her. He's got to see her. I know. And she sees him, but she sees him out of context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Elle finally finds Mike and Max in the gym and captures him in that moment with max she gets jealous and she flings max off of her skateboard with her mind relatable relatable and i love watching mike like his the gears the gears turn when when max is like it was like a magnet i don't know so weird and he's like magnet (laughs) (laughs) the gears are turning magnet (laughs) magnet do we think this is Elle's first time experiencing jealousy? Maybe. Maybe? It, it's definitely, I I will say it's probably not her first time experiencing the concept of jealousy, like mm. seeing other people experience it, because mm-hmm. two was definitely jealous of her powers. Yeah, good point. But yeah, I can't imagine any situation in which she would have been jealous before this. 
or like jealous in this way yeah like of a romantic of a romantic interest yeah and then we get will's possession like right after this and i don't know why we never mentioned this but it's so interesting how this occurs while l is sort of nearby and on the premises (gasps) right yeah it's like you can have one but never both oh l's here all right bye bye will like it's just crazy i didn't even think about that i don't know why we didn't mention that it's just just like such like a direct trade-off again wow it really is Mm -hmm. like she's literally there yeah wow yep and then season two by will the wise mike becomes pretty consumed by will and he isn't nearly as focused on l and i think same thing goes for l she has her falling out with hopper and she kind of sets off on her journey of Mm -hmm. self-discovery and this goes on for pretty much the next five chapters from like will the wise through the mind flare i think this time of like focus on other aspects of their lives was important for them yeah like mike giving will his undivided attention which is what will needed which is pretty self-sacrificial on mike's part we don't Mm -hmm. like harp enough on how self-sacrificial mike can really be yeah especially for like will and l are his soft spots i think yeah agreed and then we all know eleven was off exploring all these other aspects of her identity finding her mom finding her sister searching for home and this is important because we mentioned previously how it feels like mike is home to her in a lot of ways but she was also learning about her powers which becomes a point of contention for them in season three yeah and you had mentioned this in our season three overview but this starts pretty early on like we see l spread her wings in the second half of season two because she gets out from under all of the male influence yeah which is like the only influence she's had up to this point pretty much exactly she goes and she finds her mom and her sister there's no there's no brother no doesn't need another dad i wonder if that's part of why it was supposed to be lost brother and they changed it to lost sister like maybe like i wonder if the idea was like you know what she doesn't need more men in her life yeah she needs some 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 girl time yeah Hmm. maybe yeah i don't know i could see that the reunion at the end of the mind flare between mike and l is everything that i was hoping the reunion between her and hop would be at the end of season four but here we are and that is not the case unreal blinking seriously i i'm still mad over that scene it was so underwhelming it really was it i was ready to ball i was I know. so ready to just like lose my mind nope and no i didn't nope but the return is playing and it was such a beautiful release of tension and you can feel their relief it is palpable mm-hmm. so bravo dbs so well done i know we spoke about voids mind voids actual voids (laughs) but it feels like we are literally watching this void fill for mike and l when she walks through the door and she's got her new little outfit on and he's just that it just i have a screenshot that you guys can't see but it's just they look at each other and it just feels like a puzzle coming together it does why does it feel like a puzzle because they're made for each other there you go in the gate we see these two fully reunite it's been probably like 354 days at this point right yeah (laughs) a number of days and we also get the release of mike's rage and pent-up frustration it's all directed at a hopper ready to throw hands (laughs) (laughs) 
but this is really short-lived because Elle has to go save the world yeah hopper just like gives him a hug and he's like all right let's go all right come on there's no time for hugs or kisses they have to do this incredibly adult adult exchange (laughs) adult exchange where mike is like i can't lose you again and ella's like you won't lose me the drama i'm gonna faint on my Uh, on my my fainting chair (laughs) my fainting chair (laughs) you won't lose me again mike (laughs) oh man why is it so adult right (laughs) it's very it's very soap opera it is um but then hopper's like no 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 kisses let's go no kisses let's go nice try but once the world is saved the kids attend the snowball a month later in june and (laughs) we did just talk about the snowball in our episode about the gate but i just want to focus on mike sitting there by himself and then l walks in and it's that classic little moment like when boy's like wow she's so beautiful yeah and then he gets heart eyes he does you can see them yeah and i love the do you want to dance and Elle's like, I don't know how. <laughs> and Mike is like, me neither. Do you want to figure it out? Oh. It just feels like this is like their take on life in general. Yeah. And before we close out season two, I just want to say this feels like their highest point as a couple to me. Yikes. <laughs> I don't know why I feel that way, but I do. It's like, not only are they doing well, but everyone's rooting for them sure people are happy that they're back together but then Mm -hmm. like in season three it's like oh all the friends are like oh god they're making out again hopper's like they're making out again (laughs) (laughs) stop making out yeah this feels like their highest point which is kind of unfortunate yeah but i would say that they conclude like in a satisfying way for season two i think so all right we got here we are here it is season three which we're actually talking about right now yes we are and we all know how that starts because we just talked about it last week. And Susie, do you copy? We get this adolescent infatuation stage that Mike and Elle are clearly in. They are making out all the time. Yes. Sneaking off to be together. The rest of the party is on the back burner. And you can see how this has created tension in the group. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not like, happy. They're like, I'm over it. Yeah. And then Hopper steps in at the end of this chapter and their relationship kind of breaks down. Like, I think it's largely due to communication issues, both... Mm-hmm inherent that they just have as a couple but also issues imposed on them by hopper's ground rules we literally do not know yeah to this day (laughs) (laughs) what the hell hopper said to mike on that ride home yeah he threatened his life for sure (laughs) (laughs) he's crazy (laughs) oh crazy crazy In the mall rats, we see the aftermath of Hopper, Mike's conversation. Ella's pissed because Mike is late coming to pick her up. I felt bad for her watching this scene. Oh, me too. <laughs> that feeling of getting stood up is so awful. She, Yeah, like she like storms into the cabin and goes to the phone and then Karen answers. I don't know who this girl is, but sure, Mike, here, take the Hi, phone. Hi, Mike, here's a girl I've never met on the phone for you. <laughs> Mom, get off the phone. There's nothing wrong with Nana. <laughs> oh my god so yeah she calls mike l calls mike and he corroborates the lie that his grandma is sick even though l knows better at this point because hopper told her that his grandma is fine but at this point does l know that that it's a lie yeah how do we know 
I just watched it. She, she, I'm pretty sure she says Hopper told me that it was fine, that she was fine. And Mike oh. like mouths shit into the, he's like, <laughs> and then Karen, Karen's like, did Nana call? <laughs> <laughs> Mom, get off the phone. <laughs> yeah. She legitimately says to Mike, like Hopper said that it was a false alarm. And Mike is like, oh my God, oh shit. Because now no. he's caught in a lie. And we thought then, she was better, but then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Elle was like, do you lie? <laughs> <laughs> do you lie? All of that being said, though, I do think this opens up the door for Max and Elle to connect. Yeah. Which is very necessary. Right? Like, when she says to Elle, there's more to life than stupid boys. It's true. This needs to happen. Yeah. She needed a, a female influence in her life. She did. And when they go to the mall, Elle literally is like, how do I know what I like? Right? She doesn't even know how to know what she likes. Which makes perfect sense because in the lab, she was just, you know, given government issued gray sweatpants. And, <laughs> and uh, looks good. You know, yeah, it looks great. I mean, it does look very comfy. I will say it that. It does. But, yes. And then she leaves and has to wear Mike's old clothes. True. And then goes to the cabin to hide out and is likely wearing, like, I don't even know whose clothes what is she's she wearing. Wear? Whose clothes are those? Yeah. Whose whose clo- flannel is that? I have no idea. Because, you know, Sarah never got that old. Yeah. So I don't know whose clothes those are. Uh, I'm guessing that Hopper just, like, bought clothes at, like, the farm store. <laughs> <laughs> the farm store. <laughs> like, yeah, just, like, one of those old country stores that just sells, like... <laughs> fishing the old general store yeah on Merkwood, you know <laughs> on Merkwood, the one street in this town <laughs> but then you're right because then she goes to chicago and yeah. they dress her yes this girl has never chosen something for herself no and then max is all like not hopper not mike you not it's me giving, not, not hermione not hermione you, you. <laughs> why <laughs> same thing <laughs> you're right it is not me it's not not ron because it's ron yeah. saying it not may not, not hermione. hermione you, you. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. <sighs> we also we get this like l shopping for herself but also like mike trying to shop for her simultaneously and, yeah. and failing <laughs> which Big says time. a lot yeah. i also think we get a little bit of like a, a lucas wisdom buyer a gift like this is like a gift giving thing that's happening and we feel for Mike. I I think we do. We're like, oh my God, this poor kid, he's in such a, a predicament here. He's yeah. in a tight spot. He can't be honest. But then when they see each other at the mall and he's like, what are you doing here? It gives like possessive. And it, yeah. Because he's like, you're not, not, you're not supposed to be here. Like, yeah. Yeah. Which like, but it's like, it's not because I obviously understand like why he's concerned that she's out of the house. But also it speaks to that whole theme going on in this season of max trying to make mike understand that he does not own her and he does Mm -hmm. not like control what she does and and he's not responsible for her actions or for protecting her or for her choices yeah yeah like give give Elle a little bit of credit you know right like if she wants to go out of the house and go to the mall and whatever and she like i mean at this point i think she's old enough to understand the risks sure do That's you her accept the risk she does she does 
Yeah. But I think that that's like an early kind of inkling of that idea. Agreed. And I I think he's just not expecting to see her. But it definitely sits weird because we're already pissed. We're already like, as the audience, like, you know what? You're being kind of a tool bag and you're standing her up and you're not being honest and we understand you're between a rock and a hard place but like there's definitely a way you could have done this that was a little bit better and we dump your ass we dump your ass <laughs> mike michael vincent wheeler <laughs> it's just not gonna die now i know Elle's and max's friendship blossoming in the case of the missing lifeguard is very satisfying it is they spy on the boys they team up to figure out what's up with billy and it's also interesting that we see this sort of falling out between Mike and Will and Mike's driveway as Elle and Max are getting friendlier. Mm. It's like, yeah, there's more of that weirdness going on, I think. Where, uh, yeah, it's weird. It's like Mike feels like he can only be focused now on winning Elle back mm-hmm. because she's not interested in hanging out with him. Mm-hmm. So he's like self-sabotaging almost. It's weird. A little bit, yeah. And then in the sauna test... Um, I appreciate that we see Mike apologize and be honest with Elle. Yeah. He tries. He says she's the most important thing to him in the world, which is great use of your words, he, Mike. I, right? Wow. True. You did it. And he gives her context. Topper threatened him. Yeah. But then Elle kind of is like, well, what if he's right? What if Hopper's right? Honestly, girl boss move. I know. And Mike's like, what the, f- what the fuck? And then... <laughs> <laughs> And then she reveals that she spied on him, which is, a, which is an interesting breach of trust. Yeah, like, it's a weird one. It is. Like, some couples go through each other's phones. Yeah. Elle spies on her boyfriend using her mind void. <sighs> That's a tough one. What's worse? I mean, I don't know. I don't know either. I really don't know. Because, like, I, I will say I feel like if... <laughs> Because, like, later he makes the joke, like, what if I've been taking a massive shit or something? <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. So I feel Nancy's like... Nancy's like Mike. I know. She, uh, but I feel like Elle has enough grace where, like, if he was doing something private, I guess, like, maybe she wouldn't. But I'm, I don't know. Because either way, you don't expect your privacy to be invaded like that. So much could go wrong. Yeah. Like, you could see a lot of things that you are not ready to see. And they do. I sure. mean, not happy with, screams. Yeah. Mm, not so happy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's a really tough one. It's a, it's a uncharted territory, considering, you know, we don't know anybody with like superpowers, but. I'm going to do an Instagram poll. Which is worse, spying through the mind yep. void or going through your partner's phone. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. For sure. <laughs> when Elle maxes out her abilities at the end of the sauna test, we get that quick moment between her and Mike when she collapses and he kind of catches her and holds her for a second. Mm. And it reminds me of Lucas catching Max at the end of Dear Billy. Yes. Like they're not together, but they love each other. Yes. Mike and Elle have that energy throughout the middle part of season three. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, exactly that. We're not together, but we're to- we're we're together you know right. we're we're in this together right um and i do appreciate Elle's independence but i also feel like mike is always playing that support role for her like mm-hmm. no matter no matter what is going on in e pluribus unum we get mike's profession of love for l but of course not to her right 
just by accident to the rest of the party when he's expressing his anxiety about her being in the mind void for too long which yeah. i actually rewatched that scene today and i love how i love how max and mike approach it like we are trying to settle a debate nancy and jonathan what do you think <laughs> <laughs> but like l is there i know <laughs> Yeah, like Max and Mike are arguing about Elle pushing her limits. And I think we really see the similarities between Hopper and Mike here because Mike accuses Max of corrupting Elle, which is what Hopper accuses Mike of in Susie, Do You Copy? Which is like so icky to me. It's very icky. Like, I just, I hate that. It's like you have opened her mind and allowed her to be like a free thinker for a minute so i now don't like you yep i hate that disgusting yeah and they're both scared of the same thing though hopper and mike and it's just losing l and they're going about it in the worst way because she obviously cannot be she can't be tamed she can't be tamed like stop trying to cage this girl it's not possible no and I will say though, I don't, I don't, I don't totally disagree with Mike. I think they make, I think both sides of this make valid points. I think, I so. think, yeah, like Mike's point is that the the group is being careless with Elle's powers, and if the flayed can't be found, why is she fruitlessly searching? Right. But I also don't think, to Max's point, that we should rob Elle of her free will. Like, if she didn't think the cause was worthy, she wouldn't use her abilities. Right. Like, I, I think that she is independent enough and smart enough and strong enough at this point where she she would feel like she could say no right and she would know like this is pointless this is not working like i can stop right we have to give l credit and we have to give her ownership of her own decisions and understanding her abilities and trusting her with herself yeah and i do think l tells mike this she's like i need you to trust me yeah like i'm gonna be okay I, i need you to trust me and he's like he he backs off he does he's like okay all right yeah, he does he listens to her he does because he's not a shitty kid he's not a shit no. he's not a little shit he's just he's like i don't want to lose this girl i already lost her once and he's gonna hold on real tight which yeah. is not good but he's not a shitty kid no and we see him own up to this behavior in the bite which is a relief because i do think as the audience we enjoy malevin mm-hmm. we like it i love them together yeah and we get blank makes you crazy at this yes. point when yeah. they're sitting in the aisle of the supermarket and you see Mike like tending to her leg wound mm-hmm. and he's like, you're going to have an awesome scar. <laughs> he's just, he's a good kid. He really does mean well. And I think he does a great job using his words here until he has to use the word love. Can't do it. <laughs> he just can't do it. He conveys his emotions and he says he was being selfish and he apologizes to her. But L just does not know what the fuck he is talking about. <laughs> Why am I just realizing that Nancy can't say it either? Wow. (laughs) She can't. Wow, you're right. She can't say it to Steve. And I think she did love him, but she couldn't say it. You don't love me? It's bullshit. Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) The Wheeler children. Ted and Karen, what have you done? (laughs) But how much expression of love do you think is really occurring between Ted and Karen? Nothing. That is such a good point, though. Yeah. Like, neither of these children can verbalize their feelings. No. And we get the whole, like, Nancy and Jonathan throughout season four just straight up lying to each other. Yes. There's just no clear communication happening whatsoever. Yeah. The Wheeler children. Ted and Karen, man. 
fantastic great job great job (laughs) and then pair that with what karen is actually doing in season three and what she's considering doing because she is looking for somebody to validate her and give her affection because ted Mm. clearly doesn't wet spaghetti noodle (laughs) ham sandwich ham sandwich ham god damn that ham (laughs) god damn that ham (laughs) i i I listened to that today and i texted amanda and i said who allowed us to have microphones (laughs) just when we were talking about ham radio and (laughs) what is happening that ham god damn that ham anyway so i do say though that mike really needs to channel will here and just spit it out like will did with the slug at the end of season one just say it mike mike say it say it you have when you have 24 hours you have 24 hours <laughs> do it in the battle of Starcore, she l finally does confess her own love for mike just as she's about to leave hawkins but he doesn't say it back like she's giving you the in in fact i'm pretty sure he plays dumb and pretends like he doesn't recall blurting it out right so dumb he just plays it off like he doesn't remember doing that and this is where i start to feel like these two are not on the same wavelength Mm -hmm. i just want to point out though as l says that she loves mike we do get the melody from the first lie which has just been transformed into the first i love you off of the season Uh, three score uh, oh i didn't realize they were the same melody that's so cool yeah oh And to wrap up season three from 11, I think the most important thing to point out is that we see Elle lose Hopper, Mike, and her powers all in one foul swoop. Oof. Yeah. I'm overwhelmed. That's a lot. It it is. And I think this is big because her identity at this time is pretty tightly wound around these three things. And she needs to learn who she is without them. And I think that's what her arc in season four is really about. Yeah. Yeah. And she loses Max, who is her first friend. She does lose Max. Twice. Twice, yeah. Mike loses Elle and Will. Yeah. None for you, Glenn Coco. Nope. You go, Glenn Coco. It's actually three for you, Glenn Coco. None for Gretchen Wieners. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into season four, Malevin. All right. Yeah, it starts off for us after the massacre with Dear Mike. And these two have grown up exponentially, and I would say the complexity behind their feelings for one another have, like, it has escalated, but I also feel like they are two ships passing in the night this season. In a different way than season two. Season two, they are that way, and they're, like, going opposite directions and being near each other, but never reaching. Season four feels like, feels like jarring for Mike and Elle. Yeah, it's weird. It's like they're living these two, like, parallel lives. Mm-hmm. And we see that L has this like mic box, which is like the yeah. best way that I can describe it. Like I didn't want to say a shrine because it's not a shrine. It's just like a box that she keeps his letters and his pictures. And there's like a Valentine's Day card. And I just yeah. love how there is a literal still from the show in <laughs> the box. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, who took that picture? Nobody. It's like how in the Hunger Games, inside her locket, (laughs) it's like the promo photos of her mom and Gail. (laughs) Wow. We find out pretty fast, though, um, that Elle is being untruthful in her letter to Mike. She says she's twice as happy and that she likes school and that she's made a lot of friends. 
Mm-hmm. But then we just watch her get bullied for the next 45 minutes of the Hellfire Club. <laughs> it's a tough one. Oh, God, never again. And then she closes out her letter with, Love, L." In Vecna's Curse, Mike arrives in California for spring break with his little bouquet for Elle, which is the sweetest, most thoughtful thing. His little ass went out into a field and picked a bunch of flowers, somehow got them through airport security, and sat with them on this plane from Indiana to California. I mean, it is the 80s. But still, I, I'm, I'm a gift-giving love language gal, and I would melt. I would die. Like, come on and he like i'm just imagining him being like ma i gotta go to the field first because i gotta get her flowers before i go to the airport and she's like mike we, we are gonna be late like he's he like, went no. and picked flowers for her That's so cute but he made one fatal error he did he signed the card from mike <gasps> so this chapter is really hard to watch from a malevin perspective because we see l being consistently dishonest with mike about her social life and you can't help but wonder how much of that is rooted in her wanting him to find her desirable interesting i did not think about that and what's even more frustrating is that she is desirable to him but he's not expressing that in ways that are resonating with her right it's like yeah that's a good point like you have to wonder if she would have been lying about all this if he would just be forthcoming about his feelings rather than mm -hmm. making her feel insecure mm -hmm. mm. yeah and i think we also pick back up in vecna's curse with this tension between mike and will yeah we can see that will's feelings for mike are going beyond the scope of friendship by now in some chapter of two of season four some of us can see that <laughs> Not all of us. And <laughs> it's not made explicitly clear to Mike, but I do think this starts to eat away at the relationship between them. Yeah, because Will is acting a little weird around him. Mike doesn't really know how to act around Will. Yeah. It's odd. I think of in the next chapter, the monster and the superhero, is that... I think it's still Vecna's curse at the roller rink, right? It is. Sounds right. Yes. And, and Will's like, well, what about us? And Mike's like we're friends mike or will we're friends and we? will's like i i i i, I you I, sure about I, that I, I, in the closet at rinko mania <laughs> track really, five or four off they of really the tried season. to get us with <laughs> but Elle and mike have that really difficult conversation in the monster and the superhero after she pops angela in the nose with the roller skate and it brings us back to this concept of mike idealizing her she's a superhero but he does make a really solid point here. He's like, I was bullied my whole life. Like, why didn't you tell me that you were going through this? Yeah. <laughs> Literally watched watched him be bullied and taught yeah. you what a mouth breather is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And like, I totally get where Elle is coming from, where it's like, it's a different level. Like, sure. she just completely feels like a fish out of water in a way that Mike could really never understand. Mm -hmm. But... At the same time, Angela also doesn't know that. She no. doesn't know that she's dealing with a person who used to have special powers and who grew up no. in a lab. She's just bullying a weird kid. Yeah, who wears flannels. You know, side note about this, I remember thinking, like, wow, she was dressed so cute in season three. What happened in season four? And this is something that we have discussed, how <laughs> the 
like clothing and props department will use their clothing to convey their feelings Mm -hmm. yeah and i just didn't even think about it like but yeah Elle is grieving the loss of her father she is and she's also probably wearing joyce's hand-me-downs yeah (laughs) the flannels right because the buyers (laughs) don't don't have a ton of money i mean joyce does have a good job working for the britannica she does and they set her up nice in this house right i want to live in that house it's nice yeah but when mike comes into the room to confront l he literally brings her egos he's Throw like back. i brought you egos they're getting cold like again this is another gesture like mike is very much about gestures and gifts and acts of service and l yeah. wants words she's like words words give me words right and then we get the from mike from, from mike, mike from, from mike from 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 <laughs> And I think Elle is trying to gauge if Mike loves her for her, not for her abilities, because right. he says she's the most incredible person in the world, but that's really not getting to the crux of the issue for her. If anything, it just, like, exacerbates her insecurity. Right. It exacerbates her feeling like a weirdo. Right. Like, she doesn't like, want to be... I don't want to be the most incredible person in the right. world. Right. I don't belong anywhere. Hmm. These two spend the large part of season four apart after Elle is arrested and shipped off to Nina. Yeah. So much for spring break. Weirdest spring break ever. So weird. In Dear Billy, Elle leaves Mike a note that reads, Dear Mike, I have gone to become a superhero again. From Elle. It just, it just feels very passive aggressive, doesn't it? It really <laughs> does. It really, really does. She's like, don't worry. Maybe you'll love me again now. From From, from. Elle. Yeah, maybe you'll from, from me now. again. Maybe you'll from me again. <laughs> <laughs> I from you. I from you, Mike. <laughs> but we always seem to get this juxtaposition of L on an identity journey with Mike and Will coming together in one way or another. The same right. thing happens in season two. Yes, it's it's the triangle yet again. Yep, can't have both. No, nope. it's one or none. Yep. And Will comforts Mike about L in this chapter, despite his feelings for him, which honestly, more power to to Will. Right? Like, oh my God, I could never, like, no. just being in love with this person and then, like, comforting them about the person that they're with. Awful. It's giving, you belong with me, Taylor Swift. Oh my God. And we even <laughs> see, we even see Will be like, you know, she just, she's scared to lose you. Like, he really did embellish this yeah. a lot for Mike between this scene and then the scene where he gives him the painting. Yeah. We don't see Mike and Elle reunite again until chapter eight. Papa. Yeah. Mike and Will and Jonathan and Argyle arrive on the helicopter takedown scene. Wild. Another stunning flex of the visual effects budget. Honestly. They arrive just as Brenner is dying and just as he's kind of disabling Elle's collar that they Mm. have her in. And I think this is another example of Elle associating her freedom with Mike because each of the times she's been imprisoned in one way or another, Mike has always been at the other end of that imprisonment. Right? Like when she was driving away in the prison van, he was standing in the street watching her and that was the last thing she saw. Yep. And then, like, in season one, obviously, it's the first person she finds when she's escaping the lab. And in season two, like, her first outing is with Mike at the snowball. So it's just, like, she has this association at this point, I think, of Mike and freedom. So maybe that's why him impeding her freedom in season three is so, like, jarring for her. She's like, you've always been my, like, freedom figure, and now you're being possessive. And it's freaking me out. I dump your ass. (laughs) We do get Will giving Mike the painting in mm-hmm. papa where he substitutes l's name for his own in his spiel to mike about how mike is the heart 
Yeah, I, I just put a note here. I feel like the fan base was starting to feel like Mike was not the heart. Right. So they were like, how do we remind the audience that Mike is the heart? Let's just have Will explicitly state it. <laughs> Which, like, side note, I'm not a writer. And also, the writers are on strike right now, and I support them, and that's great. Mm. That is lazy writing, okay? Like, I'm... Yeah, show us. We, right, show, don't tell. As as mm-hmm. people who have English degrees, this is like mm-hmm. English 101. Show, don't mm-hmm. tell. Like, maybe write Mike to be better at being the heart. Yeah. Instead of telling us he is and having us just accept that as fact. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's a, yes, show, don't tell. Because yes. it didn't feel at this point believable to us. Right. There was a lot of fall off by the piggyback Malevin feels extra disconnected I don't know if it was something about them as a couple I don't know if it's me is it Finn is it the writing yeah I don't know know. but like even the scene when they're in the pizza store the pizza shop (laughs) (laughs) the The tomato website the tomato website (laughs) the pizza store they're they're affiliated that's where they get the tomatoes <laughs> yeah the pizza store orders their tomatoes off of the tomato website <laughs> oh my god but like they flirt for a second sitting at the table when mike makes her the goggles yeah and it, it just doesn't feel authentic i don't feel no i don't feel it do you not feel i don't feel, i don't like it, do i look cool and yes it reminds me of like him Oh, it reminds me of him in season three after Elle dumps him and he's like really trying to like be funny or like make her Mm. laugh. Like when they're at the pool and he's like doing the silly thing with the mannequin or whatever. Like it feels like he's trying way too hard. That's what it is for sure. Yeah. It just, it feels forced. Yeah. Something doesn't feel right. And I had just, is part of, I just had a question. Is part of what made Mike and Elle endearing was it their innocence? And now that that is largely lost, they don't feel as believable. That could be part of it, I think. Like, it feels like we're reaching that point that I kind of thought they might, where, like, right. the the honeymoon of it all has kind of faded, and now they're forced to deal with these real-life issues, and they can't. Which is why I said, when you made that point at first, like, I don't think them withstanding up until this point means they're going to continue to right. withstand. Right. We do see... Mike finally profess his love to Elle, but it's when she's in her mind void helping Max. I can like appreciate that he finally has the courage or the conviction or whatever it is to do this, but doesn't it feel like half-assed and indirect and forced and forced? Like she can hear him, but also not really. It's like, okay. It's like how people sometimes will like wear sunglasses because they feel vulnerable. You know, it's like there's this added level of like, well, she can't say anything back. Yes. It's so, like sending a text. Yes. And then closing your phone. And, and then closing your phone. Throwing it across it's, the room. It's, it's, it's got that vibe to it. Yes. And he says he's like, life didn't start until the day, like his life started the day I found you and he loves her with or without powers and that she's his superhero. And Elle clearly uses this to fuel her escape from Vecna. Yeah. But I really do feel like Seeing this happen in person, not in a moment of near death, would have been more impactful. Right, because it feels like the only reason he's saying it is to save her life. And so does he mean it? I remember, this is like such a weird story, but it kind of reminds me of this. My college boyfriend, (laughs) 
he was like helping me through this like really big project I had to do one night and we were like up mm-hmm. all night and it was like really sweet we just like spent a lot of time together and it was nice and then the next day he said I love you for the first time and he told me that he didn't want to say it he was gonna say it the night before but he didn't want to because he didn't want me to think that he was just saying it to like make me feel better about the project oh right so thoughtful right that is so kind that is that's what it reminds me of like why did you wait until this like it just seems more ingenuine agreed i didn't like this it didn't sit well it didn't resonate it didn't come across to me which i have to wonder if the writers are planting a seed sure that this is not it doesn't have the legs well i think for sure they are before we close season four yeah i just want to say that l loses max just as she gets this confession from mike mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's like i just it, it's they can never be whole in these ways like we've been saying right i also wanted to point out too when we were talking about why he chooses this moment and it's you know maybe partially because she can't say anything back mm-hmm it reminds me of throughout season two how he calls her every single day and he's saying all these things over the radio to her because he knows she's not going to answer that's that's wild yeah he knows she can't say anything back so he is able to say what he wants to say to be himself yeah because he's kind of speaking into a void wow yeah wild which is also what he's doing here. yeah he's talking literally into a void i think voids Voids mm-hmm. are like a huge thing with these two. Next Filling season, them, voids. speaking into them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's wrap up. Let's talk just briefly about what we see here for the future. I think how season four ends, we see L standing alone on that hill in front of three pairs. We see Mike and Will. We see Jonathan and Nancy, and we see Hopper and Joyce. All our couples. But yeah, <laughs> but Elle is alone. She's alone at the front. And mm. I don't really think this screams to me that Mike and Elle are together in the same way that they have been previously. Oh, yeah. I think that framing was very intentional. Mm-hmm. And to show her as like the superhero. She's here to save yeah. them again. She's here to save their asses. And it's interesting because she does point out at the beginning of season four, she's like, I don't belong. And here she is standing isolated from everybody else. Yeah. Oh, so true. Poor Elle. I think we can both agree that Mike's and Elle's identities are very much wrapped up in one another. I think Elle's more so than Mike's. I think Elle associates Mike with freedom and the discovery of the world. And they entered each other's lives at traumatic and formative times. Like whenever Elle screams anyone's name, it's Mike. Yeah. Without fail. But by the end of season four, I don't really know, like, what we're doing with these two. Yeah, me either. I feel like they left it on a very unclear note. And I think also we're meant to kind of take away from this, like, season four might be a bit more intense and we're not going to focus so much on the personal mm. dramas anymore. Mm-hmm. There's also so much. There's so many other storylines. Right. Like Max and, yeah, you know dealing with henry and his nonsense and what are we doing about the mind flare and his is he the same person you know there's so much yeah there's a lot going on (laughs) so i just want to ask one more thing do we think they can withstand it like i don't i don't see it this is like i didn't see it for jonathan and nancy i don't see it for mike and l i kind of don't either unless something drastically changes like between the way that Mike can communicate and things mm-hmm. like that. I, 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 don't, I don't see it. I don't either. Which Sorry. makes me sad. I really like them. 
And I, I want them to go the distance, but I'm just not sure it's possible. Honestly, I would love to see a, an Elsa type situation for for mm. Eleven's future. She doesn't need a man. Yeah. The hell does she need? She doesn't need an Elsa situation. Yeah. Like the cold never bothered me anyway. Yeah. She's a strong, powerful woman who's gonna like live in an awesome castle and save the world occasionally, and that's it. That's all she needs in her life. Okay. Yeah. Elsa. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, peeps. Malevin. Woo. It's a lot. They're really complex. It's like, I don't even, to be honest, feel like we scratched the surface that much. No. But it is a lot. And we will obviously keep talking about them as we talk about season three and season four. Because they are kind of the at the core of the show. As much as like we get away from them as things are happening, I feel like Mike and Elle are kind of always at the at the center. So right, we always come back to them and what their relationship is doing. Exactly. So we hope you like this. We love our couple series; they're fun. Yeah. I think we're gonna do Joyce and Hopper, and obviously we'll do Max and Lucas. Oh yeah, I'm very excited for Max and Lucas. That is an interesting I know. one. That'll be fun. So cool. we hope you liked it. Yay! And um, Netflix, pay your writers, please. This yeah. is a disgrace. We threatened you like two weeks ago <laughs> that we want season five, and now you're impeding that process. You didn't so, listen, so we're going to give you 24 more hours. We need to ramp up the threat level here. Yes, we are at threat level midnight, people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay, everybody. Till okay. next time. Stay strange. Stay strange. To keep in touch and stay informed about upcoming StarCourt Study Hall episodes, follow us on Instagram at StarCourt Study Hall. Mm-hmm.